Somebody stop me! Pretty good. I'm gonna need to. I'm gonna need to add something to that to make it not as loud. Not as peaky. Yeah. I'm gonna move the mic right oh, now God. so that people don't oh, yell at me because I'm too quiet. You're so quiet all the time. Right. I'm the quietest person I know. <laughs> In case you didn't hear me snort. It's funny that everyone on podcast says I'm quiet because literally my family refuses to acknowledge that I am in any way quiet. Well, in comparison to me. I am quiet in comparison to you. Right. But now. you're just loud. Welcome to City Wave Cinema. Right. That's what we're doing. Hello. We watched The Mask. For the first time, I watched The Mask. It's the second time for me, too. The Mask came out in 1994. The debut of Cameron Diaz as an actress. The debut, not the debut of Jim Carrey, but the Jim movie. Jim Carrey was there. Jim Carrey was there, and Jim Carrey didn't get paid near enough money for this movie. Was, have you read the trivia for you know, it? All of it. I read all of it. Was the mask, like, CGI, or did they actually, like, paint and prosthetic it on They there? prosthetic it. Oh, okay. And then, you know, the clear CGI parts were clear CGI. Well, yeah, I don't think that his eyes actually popped out of his head. I was just wondering. Right, well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about sex, baby. No, 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 no we're going to talk about the mask. It's oh. Different than sex, baby. Um, the movie opens on a terrible CGI city. Actually, it looks like one of those hand-painted, like, backgrounds that you would throw up on sound stages. That's kind of what it looked like to me. And, uh, it, it struck me that, that they painted it really bad on purpose for the second that you see Edge City. And you go, God, that's a fucking awful name for a city. It's an awful city. And then it all made sense. The rest of the movie makes sense. Um... From the get-go, Jim Carrey just portrays Jim Carrey in this movie. There's not really a difference between Jim Carrey and his regular day-to-day -day and Jim Carrey in The Mask or all the other Jim Carrey movies. Uh, he just straight-up starts the movie being Jim Carrey-like with his face and his physical comedy. and It kind of was written for him in a way. I'm going to take that away from you, child, if you don't... Chill out. Um, is this your overview, or have you started this your is, notes? I've started my notes. Oh. My, I mean, my first note is that Edge City is the worst name of a city, and that Jim Carrey is portraying Jim Carrey in this film. I wrote uh, credits at the beginning of movies. And I literally I put the sigh emoji. I think that's good. I miss credits at the beginning of movies. I don't. I, I don't have the attention span. Um... And then I put, we should not be opening clearly cursed locked boxes at the bottom of the ocean. That wasn't a clearly cursed box until the pipe fell on the guy. It had an emblem on it. It had a, it had an emblem. And em this is an actual emblem, James, not a logo this time. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and it, yeah, it, it was clearly like chained and down there for a reason. This is just how you get bad things to happen to you. This is how you get bad juju. Jumanji, the mask. Stop opening random shit you find in the ground. I don't know. 
grave robbing's fun. Um, Stanley Ipkiss is our main character, portrayed by Jim Carrey. He works at a bank, and Stan's a pushover. Yeah, I From wrote... From the get-go, Stan is a pushover, the poor bastard. As my third note, long before I knew that's what the letter he wrote into the article was, or into the newspaper was called, I wrote, nice guys finish last. <laughs> it was like... When he was talking to that chick, I was like, nice guys finish last. Rough, rough cut, buddy. Um, they hired Cameron Diaz to be hot. I wrote... And well, the introduction of Cameron Diaz, which actually technically is true. They hired her because she was looking to get into acting after I being like, a model. I like how that's not your note, because all I wrote is, Cameron Diaz is hot. <laughs> well, okay, my whole note says Cameron Diaz is hired to be hot, and yes, she is. So, you know, it's like it's like your note, but extra. Which is kind of just how I am in general, is just you, but extra. Um, I wrote after that that it's creepy, and why do people sniff things? Oh my god. Yeah, okay, we're, we're not there yet. Oh, okay, we're not so to Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz walks in the bank. Where we've just had an awful interaction where Stanley Ipkiss gets denied a date that he paid for. Yeah, he bought which tickets. Which is hilarious. How you, he bought tickets to go see this band. And he's like, when am I going to pick you up? And she goes, actually, fuck you, Stanley. Fuck you twice. How about that instead? And he goes, okay. I wrote manipulative bitches are the worst for that part. That you could... Man, God, that's woof. That's hard. Uh, and then Stan, oh, Stan, and then Cameron Diaz walks in while Stanley and Charlie are hanging out in the bank. Oh, you want to talk about your cool shot? That's and there's just there's this camera effect, and it's a it's a practical effect, but it's super fucking cool. And as soon as you know what it is, like you see it all the time. Basically, if you take a camera and you put a zoom lens on it. And you move the camera away from the subjects, but zoom the camera lens in, the subjects stay in place, but the background appears to change. The same effect works in reverse if you move the camera towards the subjects, but zoom out. You start to see more and more of the background. So the shot that happens is the camera is being pulled away from uh, Stanley and Charlie while it's being... Uh, zoomed in so the background seems to shrink behind them while they stay in the same place it gives you this effect of like a long tunnel of sorts super fucking cool super easy incredibly practical effect just it costs nothing and it looks so good and I love that shit and then the friend sniffs the jacket and I wrote in all caps you can't sniff the jacket you monster Jesus do you ever did you ever smell anything of mine? Like when when we first got together, did you ever smell anything of mine? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. No. Okay. I just always see like people in the movies do it, and that's my hat. My... Your hat smells like forehead. What does my forehead smell like? Oh, like like so. Okay, that's good, I guess. You have a clean forehead. Cool. That was a the thing podcast that listeners won't know what just went down, but the stream got to see 
trauma habit. He just ripped my hat off my head and my hair's all messy and then he sniffed it. I sniffed her hat, yes. I used to smell your hoodies. Ugh. I will say that. Ugh. I feel violated a little. Well, it's when you were letting me borrow them and he smelled like you and left. <laughs> now he's smelling my shoulder. It smells like laundry. I smell like laundry. It's a nice smell, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not aroused by scents. You're not a you're not. A I'm not a man. smell kind of guy, but I also had COVID, so fucking who knows. Uh, so Cameron Diaz is there, and the reason she's there comes to light later. But we have to get through approximately what feels like nine lifetimes, but is really only two minutes of as much sexual tension as you can fit into a PG-13 comedy ever. My favorite moment. The fucking handshake. Is the handshake with the boob jiggle. It's just Jim Carrey shakes her hand as aggressively as he fucking can, <laughs> and Cameron Diaz's boobs just go everywhere, all over the place. Her boobs assault the eyes, and it's not a bad assault, but Jesus how are you fucking doing? Why? Why is it necessary? Like we, it's already so one tracked that she's going to be the sex icon character of the movie. So you don't need to add that, I feel. But they did anyway. But then again, the whole movie is really cartoonish and over the top. So does it fit? Yes. Do I like it? I don't need it, but I don't hate it. All right. I, yeah, I like, it was funny. It was, it was a good moment. It was a good planned moment. Let's not lie, you just like boobs. I am a boob girl. See? Telling you. Um. I also wrote most of my notes in all caps. I said I love seeing Jim Carrey be, like, real awkward. Not like Jim Carrey awkward, because Jim Carrey's characters are always, like, a little awkward- but they're more like over the top awkward. This was like a more genuine awkward, and that was kind of really cool to see him. I felt slide seen. into that role. I felt seen. Is that how you? Is that how you are in real life, James? Yeah, I'm married to you. Yes, I'm clear. It's so clearly that is how I am in real life. You're not. How awkward. many times did I turn to you today during the movie and go, "Am I Stanley Ipkiss? I think in some ways you are. I think you what you have that Stanley lacks is charisma. At the end of the movie, he gets the charisma and, like, with the mask and stuff. But you have a lot of charisma. All right, I'll take that. That's a win for James. But, yeah, some of your tact and stuff does fall in the Stanley. Let me just put that pen right in the pencil sharpener. and I watched it happen in slow motion during this movie, and I was like, is it just a bad edit, or is he going to, like, pull it out, and it's going to be a fucked up pen? And he pulled it out, and it was a fucked up pen. And I was like, all right, cool. Attention to detail. I like that. Um, my next note is, what is happening? This flirtation is so flirtation, a man must have written it. But a lot of my, a lot of my criticism of this type of writing comes when this type of writing works its way into a movie that isn't supposed to be this over the top. And this movie is just, like, strictly over the top. Everything about it is strictly over the top. I wrote hot women who know they're hot and use it against others are also the worst. Just so we're clear. 
I suppose, yeah, that is true. But I feel like, yeah, like, I have a lot of criticism of the, the like, super heavy-handed flirty scenes and stuff. Just because, like, in my experience as a human being on this planet, that shit's so fucking cringe. However, in a movie where everything is over the top, cringe gets knocked up another level, and so you don't actually reach cringe with that writing. It's just... It fits where it's supposed to. It's cringe for the sake of being cringe, which is different than just being cringy. Yes. It's cringy with a purpose. Yes, and it works here, but I want it noted on record for eternity that I don't like it. Because it's heavy-handed and it's dumb. The, but it works. So we'll The record has so noted. Um, I then wrote... I got really excited, because I get excited when I know things and uh-huh. I, I was like she's a grifter and i was just excited that i knew the correct term and everything i, I wrote in all caps jesus christ a grifter what a plot hook because that did come out of nowhere yeah i didn't know she me. was a grifter at the beginning i thought she was just trying to like get like a free account or something like that <laughs> i didn't know what her purpose was in being in the bank and then she adjusted the camera in her purse and i was like oh oh it's actual plot wow oh incredible Oh, I'm excited! Uh, I got I got very excited. It was great. And then it's just generic shots of criminal mafia doing criminal mafia things. I also kind of was like, like, is it just me? Or is, like, the mafia cliche now? Like, I feel like the mafia is just cliche whenever it pops up. I think, okay, here's my take on that. Um, the We made The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Fucking great. I mean, the Godfather 2, 3, whatever. They were fine. Mm-hmm. And then, not so much the mafia, but organized crime in general became a really cool thing to televise because it's, it's like true crime, but romanticized, and you can fictionalize it as well. So it, it's like a best of all of the different worlds in terms of entertainment, and we've just been beating the horse to death for 30 years. And Francis Ford Coppola started it, and he doesn't think that Marvel movies are cinema, so someday he'll rot in hell. But until then... Not seeing how those two correlate, but I mean, sure. he makes good wine. He does make good wine. He makes good wine. Excellent director. Uh, frankly, I like his work a lot, but the, man, I think we've just overdone it. Okay. Because I think, I think Mafia is still just as cool as it always was, but when every other movie you watch is a Mafia movie, and then the superhero genre starts up, and every other movie that comes out is a superhero movie, like, in five years, superhero movies are going to be super annoying. Uh, they've always been annoying for me, but that's fine. I already felt like there were just so many superhero movies, and then, like, Marvel Generation came out, and I was like, Jesus Christ, that's a lot of superheroes. And what's hard about it, too, is, side note on all of that, is I, it's like you want to get into it, but now that there's, there's like, so much... There's a lot. It's a lot you, of content. You will never catch up. Like... I stopped... I stopped watching Marvel movies at Age of Ultron, and I have not watched... Uh, no, I watched Spider-Man 
into this. No. Homecoming? No. Well, yeah, I watched the first Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. That was cool. A fun Spider-Man movie. It was and good. I, it was the it was the animated one on Netflix. Is that Into the Spider Verse? It's the Spider Verse, I think. Spider Man. Uh, whichever one that was, that was also really good. I liked that one a lot. But that's not what we're fucking talking about. Yeah, we're talking about Jim Carrey and the Mask yeah. from 1994. Anyways, um, Mafia cliche. That's that's how we ended up here. Yeah, and you know I. Back in the day, if I watched this movie in theaters in 94, I would have been like, oh my god, criminal masterminds. Having watched a billion fucking mafia movies, I sit here and I go, everyone in this room is a goon. And every one of their bosses is a goon also. And The Mask is kind of like a superhero movie. And so it's just... <laughs> kind of? I mean, he declares himself a superhero. It's just So it's just kind of like another mafia in another superhero movie. All wrapped up in a one. And it's just, yeah, it's it's a lot of cliches, but those are cliches that are not being cliche for the sake of being cliche. <laughs> That's Fair. different. Fair. Um, what are you up on? Because um, I'm at the mechanics. I'm also at the mechanics. My note says these mechanics are very akin to modern mechanics in taking your car apart for an oil change and then demanding that you give them a bajillion money. James and I have experience with this. Um, mechanics. Unless you're honest, you can go fuck yourselves. Yeah, I'm not a fan of mechanics. I wrote... Actually, I won't say that on stream. I won't add them. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, But I, in this scene, also wrote that I'm so glad that we improved upon suits in the modern era, because the 90s suits were just not great. I have a comment on Charlie's suit. I wasn't talking about Charlie's suit. I mean, yes, I have a comment about that later. But uh, just like the suit form in it's general, it's so dumpy and frumpy. Yeah, they oh, were it not. Sucks. They were not tailored. Like I feel. Oh. I feel like we went from the zoot suits, which were like semi-tailored. Semi-tailored, but they still were boxy, and we just kind of stayed boxy for a little bit. But then they got like shitty and boxy. <laughs> yeah, they just got the '80s were a bad time. The '90s didn't do better, and now we're into these like really super tailored suits, and everyone looks good in a suit. And that's all I had to say was I'm so glad we improved upon suits. Um, yeah, tailored suits are just better. Infinitely. They make me look good. And then I wrote, what mechanic just loans you a car? I think that was a real thing that happened in the 90s. Was that like a thing? I think it was, but I was four. I was five throughout the 90s. I don't know. I, yeah, it was just, was it just, was that a thing? Not probably. I, I need to know. You could probably just get a loaner from the, or you would get a loaner from the dealership. Your grandfather well, gets a loaner dealer, from the I, the dealership, yeah, like, well, okay, I guess insurance companies give you rental cars now. Sure. Like but if dealerships, your car breaks. Like, say you buy a car from a dealership. Yeah, I mean, chat even saying that it's a thing. And chat was alive in the 90s. Um, Way to at him. <laughs> hey, you're a bully. Um, even now, if you buy a car from a dealership and you take it back to them to get, like, stuff done to it, they, they'll they give you a loaner. I mean, you just ask your grandfather. He does it literally all the time. But then again, he also gets nice cars that break down that always need work done. Not even just in the 90s. According to this article Can from you get 2017... Now? 
The mechanic can offer you a loaner car at no cost as long as you present proof of insurance if it's going to be multiple hours or days before your car is fixed. Wow! They're not required to, but they can. Wow! Hot diggity fuck! That's excellent. Looky there. Um, why did Charlie wear a leopard print suit with roses on it? <laughs> You're ahead of why? me. Why? You're ahead of me so far. All right, well, catch up, because I've got questions. I also... No, I guess I don't. I said, what even is that suit jacket? Charlie. What is listen, that suit listen, jacket? Listen, I know Leopards the and movie roses. is over the top, right? The movie's over the top. But leopard print. With, cheetah print, even. With roses. With roses. And yet his oh. suit... Still looks better than Stanley's it suit. It did! And I don't know why that is. Unbelievable! How dare they? Honestly. I can't even. Uh, my next note says, Ah, the old everything that could go wrong goes wrong to poor Stanley. Murphy's Law at its finest. This is going to return to mine and Green Girl's conversation before stream, but I wrote, The beginning of this movie is most of my days thus far in 2022. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's not only hilarious, but accurate. Um, honestly, like, I feel like in the script meeting, one of the many script meetings, they, they got to this point in the movie and they were like, all right, so he's going to go to the club, right? And they were like, how do we get him from the club to he gets the mask that's in the water? And they went, well, it's just Murphy's Law. And just go from there. Like, what would happen if you don't get into the club? Well, you try to get past the bouncer. Well, the bouncer throws you in the pot, in the in the puddle, in the parking lot. Well, then he gets up and he's wet and he's like, ah! And then a car splashes him. And then he sees the girl of his dreams and she's like, ew, kind of. And he's like, yeah. And then the guy brings him his loaner car for no reason. And then he has to take it because it matches the number. And then he drives it back home. But on the way home, it breaks down. And then he thinks, well, maybe I'll kill myself and jump off this bridge. And then he sees a guy down there and he goes, wait, no, I remember that Christmas movie that's in black and white. I won't do that. And then he tries to save the guy, but it isn't a guy. It's trash with a mask on it. And then the cops show up. And that's Murphy's Law. I uh, wrote Jim Carrey has had the same hairstyle for literally forever. Hey, if it works for you and it makes you gajillions of dollars, why change it? I just like every single time I see Jim Carrey, it's the same fucking hairstyle. No, it's not bad. It does work for him. It's just I just he's had the same hair since then. <laughs> Would you like to know a fact about his hair? About Jim Carrey. Sure. Jim Carrey at the time of filming was 31. I'd like to be excused same, for the rest of my life, please. In the same year that this movie came out, mm -hmm. he made fucking fuck all money for this movie. Mm -hmm. Then he inked the deal for Ace Ventura. Mm -hmm. And then he inked the deal for Dumb and Dumber. Mm -hmm. In which both of those movies, he realized his value and got a shitload more money. Did you just break a tooth right now? No. Did you just break your pen right now? No. What happened? I just hurt myself by chewing on my pen. Stop that. What, what I'm trying to say is, he didn't even really peak. 
he didn't even hit his peak in performance until 1994-95 at 31-32 years old. What about Batman? What about Batman? He did great as the Riddler in Batman. When, when was that, though? Before The Mask, wasn't it? I'm going to say no. It had to have been because it was before Nightmare Before Christmas. Or at the same time. <sighs> Which Batman was it? Batman Forever? Mm-hmm. 95. Ah. Uh, next year. It wasn't, dude. Okay. Jim Carrey's whole shtick started with this movie, I think. If I recall correctly. No, no, I don't want to get his awards. I want to get his fucking career. Scroll way the hell back. We do talk about Batman because it's funny. We uh, don't talk about Batman. Sure. Uh, Why don't we talk about that Batman? The Batman's great. He did, I mean, he did some stuff, but nothing that anyone ever remembers. And then he did Ace Ventura in 94. He was on in Living Color and The Mask and Dumb and Dumber. So Ace Ventura came out before The Mask. Uh, it may have come out before The Mask, but he filmed The Mask first. Got it. Um, but yeah, he basically like he started fucking home run after home run in '94. Did Batman Forever, Ace Ventura Two, then he did The Cable Guy, then he did Liar Liar. Where's Truman Show on that list? Ninety eight. All right, well, cool. We learned some stuff. And it did me, myself, and Irene. Then The Grinch. Bruce Almighty in 2003. Great movie. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind in 2004. Series of Unfortunate Events in 2004. Great movie, even though it's nothing like the books. Ten years after he did The Mask, he did Series of Unfortunate Events. God, I'm Fun with Dick and Jane in 2005. Horton Hears a Who in 2008. Yes, man. Also in 2008, he doesn't do bad movies. No. And we won't talk about A Christmas Carol. Even that, though he played everyone in that movie. That, that Okay, that's the one Jim Carrey movie. There you go, Green Gorilla. <laughs> that is the one Jim Carrey movie, which is absolute garbage, and I wish we'd watch that for Christmas instead of The Fucking Grinch, because wow. I watched that with my own eyeballs, and it was bad. It was real bad. So bad. Anyways. Anyways, he really just fucking started hitting home runs then. And then once around, he hit around 2014, and then he stopped making good movies, did a sidebar to do Kidding and Sonic the Hedgehog. I need Hedgehog. to watch Kidding. And then, uh, isn't it on HBO? I think so. But I'm, no, it's on I, Showtime. I also have that. Do I? I don't know. I don't know. But I, uh, I need to be in a right headspace to watch Kidding, because I've heard it's rough. Oh, it's dark, demented. Um. Anyways, uh, The Mask. The mask. Get back to my notes here. Um, while you're doing that, I I a pup named Milo. Okay, that's exciting. I wrote that the uh, a lot of my notes involve me trying to understand the rules and the powers of the mask. So my next note was the mask has a hypnotic effect, enticing you to put it on. Because otherwise, why would you ever hold up this dirty piece of wood to your face? Uh huh. Um, and then, th- then you had Milo. Did you have any notes before he transforms? Uh, I had a pup named Milo, fuck apartment management. 
For real. Uh, the mask would like to be on you now. Uh, and then he puts on the mask and does a Deadpool fourth wall break. I wrote, the mask gives you a change of clothes because reasons. I think that's fine. I, I do. That, I, I think just, that's fine. Like I said, a lot of my notes are me, like, trying to comprehend the mask. Um, And then I also wrote, the mask knows that he is in a movie, even the, the person wearing him does not. Yeah. I was like, the mask yeah. is fully aware that he is in a movie. The mask knows all. And then I wrote, this role was made for Jim Carrey. And then I wrote, the mask is its own identity and persona. But also the person inside has memory of it and somewhat control. Like, I'm really confused about the rules of the mask. Dude, the whole the whole first mask sequence was so funny because it started with a fourth wall break. And then I, my only note here is that, oh, I'm sorry, did they write the movie for Jim Carrey? Because it feels like they did. Uh, and turns out he just got to ad lib all his lines as the mask. So did they write it for him? Yes, in that they handed him a blank script. Does anyone ever write lines for Jim Carrey? Because every time I re- like I learn anything about a Jim Carrey movie, it's like Jim Carrey improvised most of well, his lines. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, he's one of the most successful stand-up comedians from the '90s. He was on In Living Color, which was a better version of SNL. Well, it was a more talented version of SNL uh, in the '90s. So not only is he an incredible stand-up, he's also an, a really, really talented improviser. So, of course, on set, you're not going to be like, Jim, I think I'm really fucking funny. So if you could just read these lines the way that I wrote them, that would be great. No, you're going to go, well, we were thinking about maybe doing this. And then he'll go, oh, well, what if we did that, but also this? And then you go with that because obviously that's genius. He's a legend already for a reason. Why not let him do that? Fair enough. I, If you came to me, like I've written this comedy. And director and the producers come to me and they go, look, we got Jim Carrey to be the title character. I'd go, well, fuck all the lines for the protagonist then. Story structure the same. Let him fucking run wild with it because it'll be better than what I do. It just will be. Just infinitely better. Also, street cartoon violence is the best kind of violence. He fought the whole gang with... Insanity. I wrote the gang survived that because there was just a Tommy gun shooting straight at them from close range and none of them died. Oh, he was firing from the hip. Not exactly the most accurate. Uh, I wrote, the mask craves violence and has exacted its vengeance upon the mechanics. So I don't understand the mask or its powers or rules. What was the joke that the cop told? He said, he, he, uh... Stan goes something, like, he's like, well, that's impossible. And he's like, no, your pajamas are impossible. Or something, like, someone owning those pajamas is impossible. This happened. (laughs) Yeah, what the fuck was that? (laughs) What? What? I wrote, why the the fuck the police insulting people for no reason? Like, (laughs) it just is so outrageously bad. Oh, man. And then I wrote that we're nonchalantly sliding past a police barricade because the reporter um, at the mechanic is like, they like hoard everybody, they like carry everybody out and she just goes from somehow being like trapped by this police officer's arms to like sliding under them and past him and no one does anything. No one notices or says anything when the pretty redhead gets past security. Of course not. 
Uh, I wrote. So the the next the the following morning, uh, you know the cops are there dealing with the real world effects of the mask doing the mask things. Uh, Stanley throws the mask out the window. It comes back, which doesn't make any fucking sense. No. But it does. So I wrote the mask is chosen. Stanley gets to work late, half hour late, and gets the fucking riot act from his boss. So I wrote Stanley's boss is a dick. Or why does he make keep making stupid lies? Why is he so bad? He doesn't do good lies. He does bad lies. Uh, Charlie comes over and complains about their boss being a rich little creep, which he is rich and a little creep. And I was like, Charlie is not a rich little creep. Charlie's a poor little creep. You can because be a creep if you're rich. They, they bo- the both of them were creepy about Cameron Diaz's character. Which, okay, I, th- I thought this movie was going to be way more inappropriate than it was. Because in my experience with our channel so far, watching movies from the 90s results in, I'm going to take the fucking bone away from you. Results in an interlude of James yelling at our dog. Settle down. Anyways. The uh, watching movies from the '90s just results in a lot of like really crass jokes, uh, or the '80s too, crass jokes and shit that's just like what you would not consider to be appropriate behavior in the modern day and age. And man, I expected that out of this movie hard. I thought that was for sure going to happen, and it didn't. And I was very pleasantly surprised by that. Uh, okay, PG thirteen. Now, chat's making this point that the movie is rated PG thirteen. If you wrote a PG-13 movie in the 80s, you could say fuck more than five times. Also, And you could have nudity. I was like, there's things like the Goonies, and we get a whole very extensive scene about, like, the statue of David's penis and gluing it on upside down, and he's going to piss in his face. Like, the the PG-13 back then is not the same PG-13 we have now. I'm not going to say that PG-13 now is good. In fact, the rating system in general is shit. Yes. But fucking if we're gonna abide by it then we can't just pretend that things i don't know it's so fucking dumb the whole thing is dumb it makes me angry um (sighs) the reporter comes in to try to get the story because she finds the mechanical report from the mechanic that stan had his car there and she gives this like whole line and he's like, I sent a letter to you about why. And this is why I said I didn't even notice it. But like the letter was like, why do like, like nice guys finish last um, to like the help column of the newspaper. And she like gives him this big flirty like run around and all this stuff. And I said, oh, my whole note is he is not bad looking. Like, Stanley is not a bad looking guy. Why is... in the 90s is a handsome man. I was like, why is he having such a hard time with the ladies? It's because he acts like me. Um. And then, yeah, that's all I had until we got back to the mob. He's super giga awkward. Um, my, my note for that interaction with the reporter is just that every interaction between Stanley and anyone else is the worst. Um... And then back to the mob, Dorian is the worst of all villains because I didn't think Dorian was going to be like a real villain. He seemed like such a goon 
in the beginning that I was like, well, sure, he's such an idiot. Surely he can't be like the big bad guy. And it turns out he was the big bad guy all along. I wrote that because uh, he gets all butt hurt because he's like forced to hold the tea in his mouth and his nose gets whacked a little. And I was just sitting there going, you're lucky that's all he did to you for crossing like a mob boss. Like, you're lucky. You're lucky you still have teeth. I thought he was going to straight up just whack him across the fucking head with the freaking nine iron. Like, I thought that was. I thought we were going to witness the murder of Dorian. Yeah, I thought that was going to be it. Like, I thought that you were done. Like, because if you do that, you run your own side shit and the club of the mob boss, your ass is getting fucking killed. But Especially if you're not doing, like, good scams. Yeah, so. Crazy, crazy. Um, and then there's the dream sequence that he has. Of- the dream sequence I had a, a, two notes about. My only note for the dream sequence, uh... Jesus Christ, Darius, you're so fucking loud. I know. Um, my only note for the dream sequence was, like, when... Because he reimagines the whole interaction that he could have had with Taylor? Tina. 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 I don't pay attention to names. Tina. She's, like, the only other main character. Um, the whole interaction with Tina, he reimagines from the night before, and um, in the dream, he's he like is smoking. Actually, a lot of people in this movie smoking. smoke. And I just said, I was like, I just wrote my notes. I was like, remember when smoking was like cool? Like, remember that was like when that was like a thing everyone was doing was like smoking, and that was like the cool thing to do. And that was my only note because now we know that it's horrible and it causes lung cancer, and you really shouldn't smoke, and nicotine is bad for you blah 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 but like remember when that was like the thing everyone did <laughs> no i was a baby um uh, all right cool <laughs> i was gonna talk about historically and how like that was like a thing and whatever all right cool carry on james just consider your thunder stolen it, it was more just <sighs> the, the, the improv it? partner brokes <laughs> i what 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 do you what do you want from me here? What are you what are you looking for when you go into a real life issue of smoking? Was a whole what do you want me to rant about capitalism? I can do that, but you gotta like set me up better than nah, smoking bad. Anyways, I'm really looking for help here. If you want me to improv partner back and forth with you. Anyways, looks like she doesn't want help. All right, I'm gonna kill you. Uh, I have two notes on the dream sequence. Uh, neither one involving smoking, though. So shouts out to you for pointing that out. That's uh, all I could think about when I saw him because he was like, he was like he, doing he it all cool guy on the corner, and I was like, remember when that was the thing? Remember that when that was in? Anyways, carry on. <sighs> I wrote, oh, good, a rehashed scene, but better and dreamier. Uh, because I like doing that. I like doing a scene and then redoing the scene, but different. And redoing the scene, but different more. Always fun for me. <coughs> Sorry. I, I just enjoy that cinematically. Uh, and then, bearing in mind that this is Cameron Diaz's first movie. First acting job. And in one of her... Probably early scenes in the movie. She has to lick Jim Carrey's face. 
and ear a lot. Like, a shockingly long amount. But Cameron Diaz is also, like, a super comedic actress. Like, Oh, she's hilarious. She does a lot of... Like, that's her shtick, is being, like, the weird... Like, she's hot, but she's weird kind of thing. That, I, I suppose that's true. But we didn't know that then, because that was her first role. True. So... If I just thought it was so strange that that was written to be in there. And I mean, I know, I get it. The gag is that the dog is licking him and stuff and ha But I just, I just was watching it and I was like, if I were on set, like my third day on set, and they were like, listen, for this scene, the end of the scene, it's the transition is into the, 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 the dog licking gym in the in the bed in the morning so to get there after you guys get all cuddly and shit i need you to just lick all of his face and then go for his ear too because that would be wild and i'd be like are you paying me enough money for this <coughs> what kind of shoot is this it's a secret porn movie it's a secret porn it wasn't a secret porn it was just hilarious um, I then wrote that there's a character so obsessed with someone out of their league, they can't see the person right in front of them who wants them. And that was kind of in regards to, like, the reporter being clearly into Jim Carrey or into Stanley. And then he's going after Tina. Did I say it right this time? Yes. And... I don't know the plot twist yet, because like I said, I'd only seen the movie once, so I don't know that Tina's actually the good girl and the reporter's just a skeet, like a slumba- uh, scumbag. But a like, skeet, sl- scumbag. Shh. In that moment, um, they're like, the, it's just that like cliche, which again, it turns the cliche on its head in this movie, which is kind of cool, of like the character being so obsessed with someone that's so out of their league that they don't see the person right over here that wants them. But then it turns out that they were right and chasing the right person. In the first place. Don't we call that satire? No. But it is a satirization of that cliche. Mm, I don't know if it would be satire so much as parody in this instance. I can see both ways. I'd have to I'd have to think about that a little bit more. I see it both ways. Um The Mask is chosen. Which is revealed in that Jim Carrey comes home and the mask is there. Surprise! Bum bum bum. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and and the iconic, <laughs> somebody stop me. Before that. Oh, okay. I'll give you a chance to just do your Jim Carrey impression again. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wrote, because uh, he just sees it and he's like, no, no, no. And then he's like, yeah, and like puts it on. And I just wrote, this is how an addiction starts, children. True. It, it gets you hooked. And once you're hooked, you can't stop. And it's really hard to stop. And so... This is literally how an addiction starts. And then I wrote, the iconic mask outfit! Exclamation point. The yellow zoot. Suit. Because I got really excited. And then... Somebody stop me! There you go. Carry on. Uh, That's just my whole note for that scene, is that I just wrote down the line. Um, Which is incredible. Money over everything. I wrote, OMG, he's robbing the bank they're robbing. In regards to the money. Yeah, that made me laugh. But 
my note money over everything kind of glazes over that whole scenario because that was kind of telegraphed and so i didn't really have a note for it i just got i thought it was a really cool scene i thought it was really funny that he's like it is hilarious like without the mask knowing that that he's that's what he's doing he's literally like oh yeah no i'm gonna go rob the bank on the same but it just happens to be on the same night and like i don't know i just thought it was a good scene never mind no no you're right it's a very good scene my note money over everything is he tries to get into the club and the bouncer looks at him and is like clearly freaked out because like what's going on with your whole face bro and he just bribes his way in cool whatever and he throws all the money in the air and nobody else fucking blinks nobody gives a fuck about him or him getting in or anything else that's going on because money and money over everything that's hilarious um i also wrote before that that the mask forever proving that size matters because of the limo size and how it just kept going and going and going just go and go and go and then i wrote no one's concerned about the green face disease man or the the clear no one's concerned about the green face disease this man clearly has yeah like no one no like no one cares no one's concerned or alarmed like it barely registers on anybody's face that there's just this green eyed, like green face man. They're like, oh, look at that limo. Oh, look at that suit. Oh, look at the money. Wow, 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 wow. And then <coughs> money is everywhere. And then Cameron Diaz sings. And then Cameron Diaz sing. does not sing. Her voice is dubbed. But Cameron Diaz uh, does hot... What's the fucking term for the... Lounge singer shit. Uh, but more importantly, Dorian is there and he's smoking a cigarette and he hits the cigarette like four times throughout the scene, never (coughs) ashes the thing. And the ash on a cigarette is like as long as a whole cigarette is. And he just keeps like, he's down to like the, the bud of the cigarette and it's just like a little bit of cigarette and then so much ash. And I was like, I don't think they meant for that to be a gag, but it's really fucking funny to me that he never ashed it. Um... Uh, because the whole time that she's doing her lounge singer thing, the mask is reacting in cartoon form, like howling like a wolf, jaw drop, tongue roll out. Oh, yeah, classic. Got like the whole nine yards. Oh, yeah. And I wrote, no one is terrified or questions the cartoon character or even reacts to the fact he's doing this. Yes, James? I had a question. A similar vein question. Okay. Can everyone else hear the cartoon noises that occur when the mask does stuff? Yes. Like, when, uh, even, like, even just little stuff, like, when he throws something off screen and it makes an exaggerated sound, like... They don't ever make a point of, like, acknowledging those noises, too much they do because uh and the only proof i have is because and i it's coming up that's why i'm thinking about it well it's not coming up right now is it coming yeah it's coming up in the mob fight with the mask the first one uh when he's doing like his award acceptance speech and like the audience pops up and you see dorian oh yeah like, dorian reacts to fix that fix his right. hair and like right, stand right, in front of the right. audience like it's an actual thing so no they they do they hear it they see it but like only half the time they act like it's a weird thing. I guess, well, I guess that's part of the power of the mask is that he makes everything that's happening around him, like, 
it's almost like you're in the you're entranced by it so like you're part of it and doesn't seem abnormal until you're out of it because they have like the cops doing the conga line like all this stuff happens and you're not really the guy starts crying when he's like when he's dying in his arms. <laughs> yeah so i guess like that's the part of the power of the mask is it just like hypnotizes you almost into like the world of the mask counterpoint no one pays attention to the mask doing cartoon horny because cameron diaz is there with a dress that goes down to there so what are you gonna look at room full of dudes <laughs> what are you gonna look at room full of dudes um i still feel like i would be looking at the at the guy with the Heart exploding out of his chest. He is in the back of the club. Most of the audience is in front of him. That's some loud-ass speakers, then. Loud-ass speakers? It's Cameron Diaz, and her tits are almost all the way out, and her dress only goes down to there. Yeah, but if I hear a wooga or something like that, I'm gonna probably at least glance behind me. I gotta give that to you on the wolf howl. If I was at the club and I heard a wolf howl, I would probably try to look to find the wolf. And then when I saw... A green cartoon wolf in a zoot suit. I would shit my pants. Um, because my next, I have a couple notes. Again, I wrote a lot of my notes were just trying to like track what the mask could do and how the mask works. So I wrote, so if something becomes detached from this from his person, the spell breaks because like they shot off part of his tie. Oh, and turned... not there yet. Okay, well, catch up. I'm sorry, I have a lot of notes about the club. Uh, first off, there was far too much horny in the club, but it's over the top on purpose. So is there too much horny? No, I submit that there is not. But I submit it is an acceptable amount of horny, and we shouldn't push much farther. Yeah, kind of like D&D on Thursday. <laughs> Turn into City Way of Saving Throws for a lot of fucking weird horny shit. Um, he interrupts the whole performance to do mask shit and get everybody involved in the party. Turns the drummer into a Zoot Suit drummer and just instant jazz club. We go from the smoky, sexy lounge to jazz club up-tempo shit. And I was like, oh, yes, I love that. And then Doc died upstairs. The fucking, the, we didn't even get to witness him get shot. He just is there in the upstairs of the club bleeding out. Dude gives him a cigarette, and then he just goes, he fucking died. He just fucking died right there. I didn't realize you were so attached to this character. I wasn't attached to the character, but I was like, that came out of nowhere for me. That was super out of nowhere. I had no idea that was going to happen. And then they shot off his tie, and it detached, and go. Uh, so... So if someone beca- if something becomes detached from his person, the spell breaks. And then I wrote, the mask has phenomenal cosmic powers that make everyone hallucinate. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I don't have a note until he wakes up the next morning. So if you have any notes about the mob fight or anything. Um, I had issues on a technological side. Okay. Uh, this is your area of expertise, so please. W- there was a point... During his overly Bugs Bunny death scene in the arms of the mobster where he coughs. The Shakespeare death scene. He does this multiple times where he just coughs off to the side. 
<laughs> the audio is just super fucked every time he does that. Like he goes to cough and it's like he's coughing in another room. It's super quiet and doesn't make any sense. And I can't figure out how it happened or why, but it bothers me. It doesn't, I, I don't understand how, I don't know if it's always been like that or if there's just an issue with the streaming service we use or what, but that it just was like, why is that happening and how is that allowed? I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, is that your only one? Uh, I said, oh, fuck the pajamas. And then it's the morning, I think. Uh, yeah, it's the morning he wakes up um, to the police banging at his door for the second morning in a row. Because uh, he did leave his pajamas there and the cop was like, those ugly ass pajamas, which weren't that ugly and I'm still confused by that. Yeah, they're, they're, frankly, they're not. They're, they're kind of nice. I was like, I kind of like those pajamas. I got like them. Yeah. got like a life preserver and an anchor. I don't know. Anyways. Very nautical. Um, I wrote, does the person wearing the mask get rest while the mask does mask shit? I want to say no. Because like. Wouldn't you be just utterly exhausted, or does the mask just give you energy? Like I, I, I have questions about. Uh, you logistics. could be channeling Loki God energy. Yes, I just uh, you need sleep if you wear the mask. That's my only question. And um, I mean, he does oversleep every time he wears it. And then I got, I wrote an ans- I wrote a question that we get answered later in the movie. Um, so it's irrelevant, which is just about the mask doesn't cover your whole identity, because like obviously you still have your hands, and your DNA, so. Um, I wrote, oh baby, do I like angry Jim Carrey? Because he, when he gets to work and he's an hour late and they're like, we're in crisis mode, and he goes, back off, monkey boy! And just has this whole tirade, and everyone's like, wow. I was like, I fucking love that. That energy is so fun. Have you ever seen Liar Liar? Yeah, I watched it with you. Yeah, that's a... The whole movie is that. <laughs> the whole movie's Angry Jim Carrey. Yeah, it's tremendous. I love Liar Liar. Um, the noise I made while she flirts with Stanley at the bank, uh, when when Cameron Diaz comes to the bank for the second time, is like flirting with him again, I was just like... <laughs> and I wrote down those letters in that order. I, uh... I wrote a note that actually wasn't true, and I was very surprised. Again, this movie does, like, a lot of cliche things, but then also turns a lot of cliches on his head. And I thought for sure she was, like, she had a hunch that it was Stanley. And so she was, like, trying to get Stanley or the mask out to, like, a remote location so the mob could get to him. So I wrote, obvious trap is obvious. But I was bamboozled by good writing. And that did not happen. So oh, I have so many notes in a row, and I don't know where they belong anymore. Um, I wrote again that I don't understand the mask or its rules, and then because then they um feel free to jump in if one of these matches, and then I wrote they do identify him from his fingerprints because there is money or there was fingerprints left at the scene, right. Um, and I said, so Stanley goes to jail, right? Like, you, even though the mask was doing the shit, you were also doing the shit. So you, like, are definitely a criminal, right? Um, for sure, for sure. And then I don't have anything until he's actually at the meetup with Tina, so. Uh, I wrote down a portion of a line, and I think it was Cameron Diaz's line from inside the bank when she was flirting with him for the second time uh, and i wrote really are a nice guy 
which is a red flag, and it should be a red flag for him. Yeah, she said, you really are a nice guy, Stanley. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's a setup. That's bad. That's a setup, and you should know it's bad. Because bad things happen to you when people say you're a really nice guy. But then it wasn't a setup. They just kept us on our toes with Tina. Yeah, they did. It was actually good. Um, it was actually Tina wanting to, like, meet the guy. And I think that's probably where she, we should stop. Because it's been an hour of podcast time. And I don't have that many notes left. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um. So that's oh. where we'll stop episode one, I need, part one. I need more liquor. I also need to pour myself another glass of wine. But we will uh, see you guys. I, I hesitate to say next week. We are, for those of you who are in podcast land and aren't in our lives regularly mm. on the daily, which you should be anyways, over at twitch.tv slash citywavesgaming. But in case you're not, and this is the only way you hear from us, um, we are in the process of buying a house. And so our lives are a little tumultuous right now and um, chaotic. And so uploads and streams and things might be not as frequent as we would like, but we are trying if, our best. If we're being honest, at the time of recording, we're approximately two weeks and change from moving. And we're maybe like a quarter of the way packed. So shit's going to get real sparse real fast. Um, but we will try our best to be on top of it as possible. Recording this one at least, and we have a night's tale that we had to get out that we couldn't upload last week because we weren't in town. Um, so we are hoping that recording this one will give us, it should give us at least two weeks, two weeks to Assuming get another one. Computer and edit it. So uh, hopefully we will get maybe one more in before we move into the new house. And if we don't, the next time you will hear from us, we'll be in our new house. So yeah, I just wanted to put that out there in case these are coming not as weekly as we would like them to. We're sorry and we love you. Yes, but until the next time we you hear from us for Mask Part 2, see you then. Bye!